Have you ever watched the choreography that goes into a Beats antique show? Or witness the way Govinda's dancer flows to his music? If you have ever fallen deeply in love with the coordinated movement that accompanies these musical masterpieces, you're going to love this episode. If you have no recollection or knowledge of either of these artists, allow me to fill you in on the beauty of dance and how it relates to music. Welcome to the fifth episode of Uniquity Over Ubiquity, the show that gets down to the nitty gritty of what it takes to establish yourself as a unique artist rather than being a ubiquitous drop in the pool of the masses. The main content of this show takes an artist that is currently rising in their field and asks them about an artist that inspired them to get into art themselves. Through comparative, personal, not-so-average questions, we give you the opportunity to dive into the mind of the people that inspire you about what inspires them. I'm your host and creator of the show, Kyle Parker. A little about myself, I am a tech geek that loves to write comedy and dabbles in music production. A couple of years ago, I attended an online course with the Second City Comedy School in Chicago. The class was based on writing a podcast, and by the end of it, our final project ended up being an entire episode. That's exactly how Uniquity Over Ubiquity came to be. In this episode, we are talking with Govinda's lovely partner and dancer, Jordan Remar, about the dance choreographer and creator of Beats Antique, Zoe Jakes. Zoe started as a belly dancer in her early days. After incorporating many styles of dance into her routines and touring with different groups, a friend approached her about making an album around the dances she does. And that's the short story of how Beats Antique was formed. Since then, they have been making a conglomerate of cultural sounds and atmospheres through their music and the dance that interprets it. At this point, it is impossible to imagine their music without her dancing, and vice versa. Not only have Zoe and the other band members really captured the retro-futuristic sound, they have turned their shows into a giant production with many moving and meticulously choreographed parts. The amount of surprises within the entirety of their sets is hard to quantify. They are easily one of my favorite groups and I have yet to be underwhelmed by a single show of theirs. The same has become true of Govinda and his onstage happenings as well. Jordan and Shane have an immense and palpable chemistry on stage. You can see when she dances to his music, she has many details already noted in her mind. Every movement is synchronized to the millisecond and again it is hard to imagine one without the other. Her twisty, curvy, coordinated movements showcase and enhance the very aspect of the music she is tuned into. On top of dancing to many amazing musicians on stage, she has just started her own company called Illuminatra, an Austin, Texas-based company providing top-of-the-line entertainment in today's current music industry, ranging from fire performers all the way to magicians and still performers. Jordan is such a delightful and delicate soul, and it was such a pleasure to discuss this with her. Not only is this our first episode about dancing, but it is our first time having a woman as a guest on the show. So sit back and listen as we talk about the story of Jordan Remar and Zoe Jakes. So today we are sitting down with Jordan Remar, who is the wonderful dancer and performer alongside Govinda's music. Uh, how are you doing today, Jordan? Hi, I'm great. I'm doing well. Very, very good. Thank you so much for coming out to hang out with us today. Definitely. I'm really happy that we can get a uh, double feature here and get both of you because y'all make an amazing team together and his music and your body flow so well together and uh, I think that's really awesome that we can feature both of you on here. Thank you. No problem. I asked Govinda and I asked Jordan who the artists are uh, that they draw some of their inspiration from and 
in the previous episode, we talked about Tipper with Govinda. This episode, we are talking with Jordan about Zoe Jakes, who is the dancer and basically I would kind of consider technically the creator of Beats Antique. Mm -hmm. Quite an amazing dancer, very, very mesmerizing person. And uh, I do see a lot of similarities between you two. I think it's really awesome that you picked this particular artist because I I am definitely inspired by her uh, whenever I see her. And I know many others are, and I'm sure you are as well. Uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and get right into it. What do you think makes her stand out as a dancer or an artist? I feel like Zoe is so engaging and, um, not only is she this beautiful figure on the stage that, you know, her movements are so technically perfect and she's like so talented, but her engagement with the audience is phenomenal. The way that she will look right at you and you're standing in the crowd and and embody so many different kinds of archetypes and be so real and genuine with them. I feel like that is what turned me on to her in the beginning. And when I would go see her dance, I'd be like, wow, this woman is really, really intense. And yeah, that inspired me. I totally agree with that because there's been several times where I see her just staring people dead in their eyes and just throwing these like intense and harsh dance moves. And like, you know, it's like very, very present and it's got to take a lot of confidence and a lot of, you know, actual pride in your own self to be able to throw dance moves like that and just stare somebody in the face and be like, this is what I've got. Like such engaging is the perfect word for that. And I don't know that I've ever thought about that when thinking about her before, but that is a perfect way to sum her up. And yeah, I I totally agree with that fully. What was your experience like first seeing her and what captivated you about it? When I first saw her, I didn't even know who Beats Antique was. And I was just able to get, I think, a free ticket to the show. But Wow, I'd never seen any kind of dancing like that. I I kind of came from a small town, and I was always a very creative artist, but I really had never seen anything so beautiful, and, like, the way that she moved was so different than... I mean, even other belly dancers that I had seen, like, if you go to, like, a Middle Eastern restaurant, they dance so differently than she does, and I came to learn kind of the style that she dances in, And now she teaches like her own style completely outside of like, you know, ITS or improvisational tribal style. Um, And Zoe has like her own programs she teaches across the country, which are pretty cool. I think it's crazy that even in this day and age, like as far as we've come with all different art forms, that we can constantly be unlocking new genres, new styles, new things when you think it's all been done already, yeah, you know, I mean, like the fact that she's able to incorporate her own thing. One of the interviews I was reading with her, she said that she incorporated some dance style from some other country and she doesn't even remember the artist mm-hmm. of the song that she based it off of. And she, she also can't find the name of the song and it's just some like crazy, oh, lost wow. song. but like she, but she said it's one of her favorite songs to dance to of all time, which is, it's yeah. just crazy. Like where, where it comes from and where it ends up going is so insane. And like, they're a perfect representation of like building something new out of something kind of old. Cause like they have yeah. a lot of really old school sounds. Yeah. But true. It's so new and fresh in the way it's delivered, you know? Yeah. So sort of like future vintage kind of style. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, like how steampunk was. Yeah. You know what I mean, 
Yeah, so, definitely a so, play on that theme also. Even. Absolutely. I uh, I think they even have some steampunk in one of their videos. I, I fucking love Beat Antique. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was asked about how she finds her way through the tracks and how she dances with them. And she said, it helps that I'm pretty involved in the creation of the tracks um, and the arrangement and composition. By the time I'm performing the pieces on stage, I know the songs inside and out. Do you have any involvement in the composition or arrangement um, with Govinda? And if not, how long does it take t- for you to get comfortable enough with a song that you're moving on with it effortlessly? Yeah, actually, I do have a lot of influence over him. Um, I He makes his own choices, and I'm not controlling the composition of his music at all, but he definitely is inspired by my path as an artist and my vibe. And what I'm inspired by, we're kind of like two people in the same brain almost. So I feel very close with his music, and his studio is right next to mine. I hear it from a baby song to when he just starts it to full completion. I have heard like every bit of that song ever um and i get to tell him like oh i like this sound or i like this part or this part is really abrasive um and he hates when i do that um (laughs) because he's like it's not even done don't say anything (laughs) about it and anyway i definitely have some say in it and he always asks my opinion when he's done with things he's so excited to show me and i am really familiar with his music definitely even before it's ever released and i like to design my choreography around kind of like what he's doing and vice versa that's really awesome i uh i i don't think many people would know about that exchange had you not mentioned that and i think that's really cool because it's kind of like introducing a second person into making the song but you're still making it and then on top of that like the ideas are because you know sometimes it might just only sound good in that one mind space that you have but to hear it from another perspective as he ultimately will be, you know, broadcasting it anyway. So there's going to be multiple different perspectives on it. So to hear another perspective one time before release is really awesome. That's super cool. Definitely. Okay. So she said, when I don't feel like performing, I remind myself that I have the best job in the world. How do you maintain your energy and excitement even when you aren't feeling your best? Well, I I have to say like anytime I step on stage and I feel the energy and even if there's like one person there, I get excited. I'm addicted to the feeling of performing and even if I'm tired before this show and it happens a lot where like I just traveled all day to get there and there's nobody that I know there and that can all be like really mentally exhausting, but um as soon as I get on stage, I feel better every time. It's like doing drugs or something. Like, I can do so much more. It, it seems to be like some people, they can't do things they train while they're performing. I'm like the opposite. Oh, interesting. Um, I actually perform in a lot better than I do just when I'm training alone. I feel like a amplified version of myself, and I feed off the energy of the crowd, and send the energy back and it's just such a wonderful feeling that I I don't often feel like I'm on stage like oh I just want to get this over with that never really crosses my mind but sure there's sometimes when I'm sick and I'm like oh my gosh this is really hard but I am just so happy to do it that it kind of like overrides 
I guess like reminding myself it's the best job in the world or my dream is coming true in every second. I totally relate to that. I'd say the adrenaline associated with making an impact is pretty unstoppable. Uh, I used to do theater in high school and like, you know, you could be in any mood leading up to it. You could even have to go to the bathroom. And then the moment you go out on stage, you're like, none of that matters anymore. Yeah. I'm ready to perform this however long I have to perform this. And then when I get off, I'll resume whatever the fuck my body was talking about before. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll pause that shit for right now, though. So I definitely sympathize with that. And I definitely feel that. And I think that is a great insight into because, you know, I think a lot of us that are starting out as artists, we don't have a familiarity with that aspect of mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're just now starting to make music or just now starting to dance and you've never really performed in front of people, there's no insight into what that's like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. to talk about it is good. And to have that information spread to other people is a good thing early, you know, cause yeah, for it, sure. it can't be an unexpected thing. Okay, so apparently the way this band started is someone actually approached her while she was belly dancing and asked her if she could get a band together to back up her dancing. Then she got Beats Antique together and became a musical act. If you could have an entire band based around your dancing, what would that look like and sound like? I'm pretty happy with the way that Govinda sounds, primarily because I I feel like we inspire each other. Um, and the only thing I would ever change is how many collaborators that we had. I would probably expand it to, you know, way more than just the two of us. I would have many different kinds of performers. I love other instruments, you know, like live drums and trumpets and all kinds of other sounds and ethereal sounds and especially like having the rigging capabilities to do all the aerial performances and right um really kind of designing it more like a circus or like a a performance art show similar to like quixotic or cirque du soleil as you were describing that i was envisioning that kind of circus thing like as you were putting the pieces together and uh, that's one of the things that i actually love about their most recent tour that they did beats Mm -hmm. antique like there's so much that happens yeah in like even like a three minute span you know what i mean like there will be like hundreds of things going on and i uh i i can definitely say that i see that in both you and govinda's style because like you know he, he was talking about how like a lot of it's based on movement and having so many things to tickle the eyes while it's going on is yeah. just such a fucking awesome thing to be able to choreograph and captivate and i really hope that you guys can get to that level at yeah, some point because that would be super tight like I, I i mean i don't know i imagine like tubas and shit like that you know yeah, what I mean? like definitely. just like crazy i would actually love to see a govinda live band yeah project like yeah definitely massive like super multiple piece band that would be awesome yeah it would be really exciting and then i can't imagine what you would choreograph on your end either <laughs> like if you had your own slew of dancers and stuff like that that would be really fucking cool yeah yeah I, definitely i want to see that shit Wanna, Coming to you I in 2021. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're definitely talking about ways to expand it for sure. I would promote the hell out of that yeah. and go to that too. That sounds Thanks. fucking awesome. Yeah, no hell problem. Yeah. So she talks about one camp Bisco set where they started with about 300 people in front of them. And then out of nowhere, a bunch of kids started running toward their stage 
and all of a sudden it jumped to like 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. When was the time that you thought it was going to be a chill show and then it became a lot larger than you anticipated? Probably our Euphoria set. I can't remember what year. It might have been like 2015. And so many friends like tell me till this day, like, oh, we remember this set at Euphoria. And it was like in the daytime and it was raining. And like nobody was really there at first. They were playing like this really aggro like house music before. And then sometime like once we started, like everybody came to our dragonfly stage where we were dancing and like, yeah, it was huge. Is that the stage in the water? Yeah. Oh my God. I love that stage. Yeah. It was super magical. That's so, I'm really sad I didn't go that year. I went the, no, wait. I could have gotten my year wrong too. Okay. Okay. Because (laughs) if it was 2016, then I didn't go. But if it was 2015, I might've actually walked up on that. That stage is fucking amazing. And I would have, wow. So it ended up being like a pretty decent turnout too. Yeah. We actually got a ride up for uh, one of the best sets at the festival. That's so sick. Like later published by the festival. Yeah. It was super cool. That's fucking badass. Oh, my God. I may have seen it and just didn't know y'all at the time Maybe, and yeah. didn't know what it was about. But if not, I really wish I would have because yeah. that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. I wish Euphoria was still going on. I know. It, I guess it kind of. Well, never mind. We'll, we'll talk about that um, <laughs> on separate forums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So uh, she mentions yoga and a lot of training on tour. How do you keep yourself always ready and able to perform no matter the circumstances? It's difficult. Uh, sometimes there's not the space or the green room is a back closet in the kitchen and there's nowhere to stretch. But I do find worst case scenario, like I perform a lot of contortion, acrobatic stuff now. I do like all my beginning sets as dance, my, my dance choreography is usually in the beginnings, which will warm me up for the more circus acts at the end. But lately, I've been able to have like an hour and a half of warm-up stretches that I do in my hotel room before the show that I can do pretty much anywhere. I don't really need like equipment or anything. Um, I, and whenever I get the chance, I will do like classes or workshops on tour, but it's really rare and difficult to do that because of how busy we usually are sometimes I get lucky like when I'm traveling and I know like performers in one city I get to work with them specifically a lot of my belly dance experience comes from learning from teachers all over the country because I'll be inspired by this one dancer and they do classes and I'll be able to go like for example here in Denver I work with a group called Darshan Dance Tribe okay and uh, they do classes here, and I've been able to go and, like, learn intensely with them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, that that's really cool, too. And that, I think that touches back on the question that I asked earlier or what we were talking about earlier where, you know, a different style can be created with a different person. So, like, yeah. to be drawing inspiration from so many different kinds of people and to be also educated by so many different kinds of people means that you're never really getting one template yeah you're never really getting like one style taught to you there might be a little different twist that they do there yeah um and that's yeah no that's super cool and i think that is an excellent way to approach the everlasting tour yeah that you must be on you know what i mean yeah totally so that's that's really cool to use your time wisely and use your region and location wisely too. right yeah i try to be connected to the communities yeah 
and I get and I've been to a lot of the major cities more than six times now. Right. So I, I do have like uh, collaborators or people I learn from in each city and and now as I'm expanding more into the contortion, there's a whole new world of people that I train with. Unlock, places. unlock, unlock. Yeah. She incorporates many forms of dance in her sets. Do you pull your dance from other cultures and try to incorporate them, or would you say it's more of a free-flowing blend of everything? I have specific influences now as I have grown. In the beginning, it was more like, I liked this one dancer at this one festival, and I took some things from that. Or um, I was a fire spinner in the beginning, and I had like this whole, like, kind of tai chi style flow and and now i specifically um i dance a lot of like yoga and contortion um, based movements which i learned mongolian contortion style technique and also i have a russian trainer who trains me in the russian technique so i do a lot of those movements from those particular styles uh, mostly because it's unsafe to practice like outside of certain parameters um i could hurt myself for the belly dance like i said i'm really inspired by um by zoe and improvisational tribal style and uh kind of have a community that i get to explore that with uh in austin and here uh darshan dance tribe they are like a fusion of east indian classical temple dance okay um which is very different than just a tribal fusion And then they do like the tribal fusion into the East Indian classical, which is super unique to this community. Um, And I'm very inspired by like the embodiment of the Indian goddess, gods and goddesses that they do. That's awesome that you're able to blend all that into something that is personal to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was talking with Govinda about that. Also, it's, really cool because we can preserve all these things that we've loved all our lives and we yeah. can like put them into our thing and then update it just a little bit or like tweak it just a little bit to be our own style. Yeah. But you can still like, like there might be like one little thing that you do that someone's like, Oh, I recognize that. That's from oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's some kind of different style. And I, I, I really, I really appreciate that approach to things because it doesn't keep you stagnant. You know yeah. what I mean? You're always going to be like, mixing it up and someone's gonna be like wow that was really surprising i didn't expect that oh yeah totally so that's cool she said she first caught the community feel and vibe whenever she went to a renaissance festival she immediately was attracted to it and wanted to be a part of it when did you realize this was a life you wanted to lead and what makes making that jump seem worth it yeah this is gonna be obvious uh somebody helped me get to burning man when i was uh, (laughs) 19 damn and um I had already been kind of spinning fire before that, but when I got there, the first person I performed on stage with was Crystal Method. Oh, shit. Um, and I was camping with the Greys and Android Jones. They had this big collaborative camp, and then we had this huge sound camp with it. And I was just backstage helping, and they were like, you're a really good fire spinner. You should go perform with the Greys and Crystal Method. Wow. And I was like... I was a baby, man, and I got on stage and did it, and I was fucking addicted to it, and I felt like how wild and crazy and creative this community was, and I loved all the art. I've never seen visionary art before. Like, this is my first experience with it, and wow, I was mind blown. I am super jealous of you. (laughs) (laughs) That, okay, so I don't think... 
I didn't find out about music festivals until I was 24. Wow. I went to Bonnaroo and then I like went back to working and I was like, I can't ever afford a festival again. That was amazing, <laughs> but I'll never do it. I was yeah. like, I was like, I better just keep grinding. And then like 2014 came around and I was like, fuck this. I'm going back. And yeah, but like, I mean, to be a part of something like what you just described at the age of 19, it's such a formative year. Yeah, that's really awesome, and you're very lucky. I feel so lucky, and I think I think you should like every week. You should be like, I'm really thankful that my life went that way, because yeah. that's uh, yeah, that, totally. That's pretty fucking awesome. I mean, like when I was 19, I was like working at some restaurant and like smoking cigarettes yeah. with my friends. You know what I mean? Like it was like dumb shit. So yeah, uh, different perspectives, different different realities. I'm glad that I ended up in the same sphere as you eventually, because yeah, uh, totally. The people that I've met through this community, and I'm sure you can agree with this, are second to none. Yeah. And I know there's people that I can call in almost any state that I can, like, directly count on. Yeah, definitely. Um, for either a good laugh or just some help if I need it. And yeah. that's really fucking awesome to have um, in your 20s, 30s, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, at, at any facet of your life, but especially in these years where... Not too many people are looking out for you in this in the real world. You know what I mean. So it's yeah. nice to be able to have that community. That's I'm like blown away that you just told me that. So, uh, I'm gonna need Yay. to pause for a second. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna ask you one last question about this whole Zoe and you relation, and then I'm gonna ask you a couple questions uh, about the podcast, and okay. then um, we'll wrap this up. Let me just start by saying once again that I appreciate the hell out of you for coming out. Yeah. And I think this went really well. Mm -hmm. uh, when is a time that you notice Zoe's influence making its way into what you do? Whenever I started performing with Shane, I was always kind of like blending belly dance into my fire performing, which I was like performing with a troupe professionally before I met him. And then when I got with him, many of the shows we couldn't do fire. So all I could do was kind of like this this blend of dance that I had learned along my journey and and kind of creating new new dances to do and I had people tell me that they, I reminded them of Zoe Jakes and I was like no way like that's such a huge compliment yeah that's and amazing I was super happy to hear that and I started to realize like you know like am I living like a little bit of her life right now like I'm on tour with this amazing oh, wow. musician and I'm performing in all these new cities all the time like big shows and I, I, I just feel like so blessed and and that's why I chose her I think as my influence because I never really like knew about like this dimension of dance before like I saw her and I know that the way that Beats Antique is as a band has really changed the community. Promoters hire dancers t to go along with music now. And like, if you think back to like before, that would have been so ludicrous and strange to just like have a dancer with any kind of electronic music. I mean, sure, go-go dancing has been around for a while, but this is something else. Like this is pure creativity and circus and like gypsies and, you know, dancers yeah. from all over the world. and. And the fact that promoters are now like it's very important to them to create this energy and this vibe and not just have music, but also performers at the events. And I know that she's changed more than just me. And I feel like, you know, she's been very powerful influence 
in that way. That's really awesome. It's cool to think, you know, that somebody can have that much of an impact and start that much of a change. And it really bears witness to the amount of power that we as an individual human being hold Mm -hmm. um, to be able to actually influence so many around us and make a change in a scene. But moving on to more of the questions that kind of follow this. uh, First of all, um, what do you, what do you think about this podcast idea and how do you feel these questions were? I feel like it's a super cool concept to like, not just talk about the people you're interviewing. It's kind of like taking it out of context to what inspired you? Like what, what are, what's one of the reasons that you are who you are today? Like everybody has inspirations and everybody like builds upon that as as an artist and what would I be if I had never seen the work of somebody else and that's such an interesting point to touch on I think I like it because it makes it personal yeah it's and I explained that to you and I explained that to Govinda as well like these questions are not hard because they will be about you and your experience and like it's impossible for you to even like pretend to lie about that because you're just like that's your life you know what yeah, I mean like definitely. we're talking about what it was like to get to where you are as you said and that's really really what it's all about um now I also know that this question is really hard of who is your inspiration because there's like thousands of people out there that inspire us do you have any other people that you wanted to mention oh yeah yeah it would be really unfair to say there's only one person <laughs> right um Definitely Tammy Firefly. I don't know if she's as well known as Zoe Jakes, but she should be because she's amazing. Uh, she kind of has fused together aerial and fire performing. Oh, cool! Um, and she is insanely like dedicated to her art. She's super talented, very strong, um, amazing aerialist. Just performed a fire aerial act with Cirque du Soleil on wow. ABC, I think. Yeah, and I first saw her in Costa Rica in Vision performing in her flaming Merkaba, which is like hanging above the crowd. Holy shit. Yeah. She... You guys you guys freak me out. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody else that I'm inspired by. Well, now my trainer, Paul Zucker, I, I meet with him often. He's definitely not famous, but teaches me Russian and Mongolian contortion and how to stretch myself into a pretzel safely and definitely want to mention that I'm grateful for him. That's really cool. Um, I'm glad that you have so many things to draw inspiration from and I'm also glad that you're around possibly inspiring others. Yeah. You know? um, Yeah, definitely. You never know who's going to be standing at the front of one of your shows and just all of a sudden be like, fuck it, I'm going to do that. That's really cool that that girl can do that and I want to do that. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did, it's crazy to think about Did you ever about think it. about that? You know, like, that's, uh, it's true, though, because, like, have you ever, like, left, like, a, like, a really cool action movie or something like that or any, any kind of something and been like, you know what? I feel like I can kind of do, like, a backflip now. Like, I, yeah. saw, I saw that guy do a backflip. I could do a backflip. I know, yeah. You know, like inspiration can be caught in many forms and so i hope Mm -hmm. you continue on the path that you're on and continue to draw your inspiration and inspire 
And I just want to thank you so much for sitting down and chat with us. Definitely. Thanks for and, having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we look forward to releasing this episode, and I hope a lot of people get some good info out of it. Yeah. Hell thanks. yeah. Thanks, Jordan. And with that, I think it's safe to say that every art form has its place in this crazy world that we live in. It's so awesome to see where inspiration grows from as well as what it can grow into. Jordan has such a certainty about the fact that this is what she wants to be doing that you can hear it in her voice and see it in her movements. I got the chance to see her perform with Govinda at Electric Forest this year, and if you have the chance in the future, I'd highly recommend it. This first season of Uniquity Over Ubiquity has seen so many special scenarios, with the first episode being an artist talking about his friend, another episode where a lighting designer talks about his favorite musician, and now we have a loving and strong couple for this episode and the last talking about their individual inspirations and how they led to their combined art craft. I love the direction the show is going in and I hope you do as well. Thanks to Jordan and Govinda for stopping by my little house and sitting in my little studio to talk about their big dreams and aspirations. And remember, inspiration is everywhere. It is all around us. Any time spent feeling or perceiving can be molded into your personal craft and made into something new and unique. Much love to everyone on this difficult and arduous journey. I hope this show inspires you so much that you end up as a guest on it someday. Up next, we have Chris Dyer talking about skate culture artist Jim Phillips. Bye!